All right, so we're up here in the spare room at Wellspring Church going through Able Project mm -hmm. videos. Uh, we're talking about blessed today yeah. and specifically enemy love. Yeah. Uh, so we know a lot about Jesus' teaching there, but let's go back to the beginning. Sure, yeah. So let's go through the scriptures. Like, So where does, where does this sort of start? Yeah, well, I think really anchoring it in Genesis 1 and 2 and okay. seeing the divine ideal creation. God creates. It's good. It's good. It's yeah. good. Humans are created on day six. And there's this like really beautiful shalom, this peace and this intimacy with mm. God, with humanity, with creation, with one yeah. another. They're going on walks in yeah. the afternoon. It's yeah. delightful. It's awesome. And so you have this beautiful picture in the first two chapters of what it's meant to be like yeah. with this harmony, this peace, this yeah. love that's just all around. No division, the whole creation. no violence. Exactly. Yeah. But unfortunately what happens, and we kind of know the story, right? Genesis yeah. 3, humans rebel. They yeah. choose to go their own way. Yeah. And unfortunately, one of the first stories... Yeah. The first story! After that, yes. Yeah. It's like a tragedy, and it's only going to continue to get worse. Yeah. But that first story is now humans are at essentially war with each yeah. other. Cain sibling and Abel, right? They murder. murder. Yeah, yeah, for the sure. The first story east of Eden is murder. Is murder, right? And this inability only... to love your enemy. Exactly. And so all this continues, all that continues to happen is yeah. that this just spirals more yeah. and more out of Which control. Which is one of the main reasons for the flood, right? If you read through those narratives, yes. it's like violence. Yes, violence. it's violence, violence that grieves the violence. heart of God in Genesis yeah. 6. And so even though the flood happens, there's still yeah. this ability for humans to continue to rebel yeah. to, against one another yeah. and ultimately against God. So it leads to Genesis 11, the, the tower, of Tower yeah, of Babylon. Yeah, the Tower of Babylon. And that's, that whole story in Genesis 10 and 11 is depicted as really the nations of the earth yeah. coming together in like a pseudo-unity, if yeah. you will, because it's unity against God. Yeah. And there's this rebellion against God. God comes down. He looks at that. He scatters them. Yeah. But then God's plan and his heart is yeah. to not just, you know, destroy his enemies yeah. or whatever. His plan in Genesis 12 is to call out of the families of the world. Yeah. Out of his enemies. Out of his, out of his enemies, yeah. right? To call Abraham and his family to essentially bless the yeah. families of the world. And in context, this is really important, the pairing of Genesis 11 and 12, yeah. Is that the call for Abraham and his family to bless yeah. the nations of the world in context? Are the very people he just exactly. sort of sent around and the, the world. very people who are yeah. essentially just like sticking it to God in Genesis yeah. 10 and 11. And so what this gets at is Genesis 11 or Genesis 12 forward is really God's heart and God's plan of redemption to bless his enemies. Yeah. That's going to carry on through the rest of the biblical narrative. That's important, right? Because now we're anchoring this in the call of Abraham, which is yes. the father of Israel. I yeah. mean, this is sort of the beginning of the formation of God's people yes, throughout history. For sure. And to see that as God's people, Israel, they're ultimately not just to be about Israel for Israel, yeah. but to be about for the rest of the That's nations. Good. And so as Israel ends up in slavery to one of the enemies, if yeah. you will, Pharaoh and Egypt, they're rescued out of slavery. But you mm. get these kind of Easter eggs or hints, if yeah. you will, <laughs> of like not just it all being about Israel, but That's God good. letting in others, yeah. wanting others to be yeah. a part of this. So even like when the people of Israel are in Egypt, they're set free. There's these hints that people outside of Israel exactly. are included. Are included. Foreigners are included. Yes. And it's, yeah. becomes this multi-ethnic. It's not just one dimensional yeah. as far as Israel goes. God is welcoming people from the outside yeah. to be a part of this plan of and restoration. Even after Mount Sinai, he's including like, he says, hey, when foreigners come among yes. you, you know, treat them this way. For treat sure. them kindly. Exactly. There's all these provisions in the Torah with some of the gleaning laws and yeah. other, you know, instructions that have these provisions in place yeah. that benefit not just Israel, but Israel's neighbors and even Israel's enemies. Yeah. And so, even when they're conquering Jericho, yes. Rahab is blessed Rahab, through that process. Exactly. Rahab is blessed. Caleb, one of the primary yeah. leaders in the Joshua gen generation, is a Kenizzite. Which yeah. if you're like a really, you know, paying attention to all these little details yeah. with all the ites, he's one of, or the Canaanite, 
Kenizzites yeah. are one of those groups that Israel is called to drive out of yeah. the promised land. So they're called to drive out, and yet he's included, and he's a central part of God's exactly. plan. Exactly. He's the one that's like, you know, I'm going to lead the charge. I have the faith, yeah. Numbers 13, 14. Yeah. And so he's one of the, you know, quote, good, good guys, guys. <laughs> if you will. But he's an outsider, yeah. the enemy, if that's you will, being in. brought in. Hmm. And so this pattern of God bringing in what, you know, Israel might consider the an other. enemy, the yeah. other, exactly, yeah is really at the heartbeat of, you know, it kind of percolates throughout the rest of the That's Old good. Testament. So you get, you know, into the prophets, Isaiah, you know, chapter 2, Isaiah 19, mm. you know, into the rest of Isaiah, speaks of all these nations coming yeah. in, these outsiders, Assyria, yeah. Egypt. For a big feast. For a big feast, right? Yeah. And God would use, or the prophets will use this language of, these groups are, quote, my people. Yeah. And that language of my people, especially earlier in the Old Testament, was yeah. reserved for Israel. Yeah. And now this my people is being expanded yeah. to even Israel's Perceived enemies. enemies, yeah. Exactly. And then, but Israel doesn't always respond to this. That's the thing yeah, totally. the story of Jonah. For sure, the story of Jonah, which is yeah. like fairly famous story. It's in our children's Bibles and whatnot. But yeah. Jonah really is about this character, this prophet, this yeah. man of God, if you will, who really struggles with God's enemy love. Yeah. Because he personally, when yeah. you read the last chapter, is like, yeah. the reason I did not want to listen to you, yeah. the reason I did not want I to knew go, you were going to forgive these exactly. people. Exactly. I knew this is who you are, God. You are an enemy-loving God. Yeah. And the story of Jonah is about really seeing wow. in the Old Testament God's heart, not just for Israel, yeah. but even for Nineveh and Assyria, like the big bad empire of the yeah. day that had all these evil practices that was going to be one of the main nations to haul Israel out mm. of their land and into exile. Yeah. God is having this prophet Jonah go preach a message of wow. good news and mercy to them. Yeah. And Moses, or in, sorry, and Jonah wants nothing to Jonah's do with like, it. No way. No way. Yeah. Right. And so what you see is. Well, you know, you mentioned Jesus earlier. Yeah. This is not, you know, something Jesus just thought of by himself. Yeah. Jesus was raised on these stories. He knows the story of Abraham. He knows the plan of God. And he comes to bring the fulfillment of that for sure to the point where we see in the person of Jesus this on beautifully full display. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the classic passages. Well, well before we get there, oh, yeah, like yeah. Romans 5, right? This idea of God sent his only son, right? Yeah. To reconcile basically his enemies. His enemies, right? Right. So this is in the person of God, even yes. in the sending of his son sure. to reconcile us. But in yes, its core, then, yes. And then also I want to say before we even get to the teaching of Jesus mm. in uh, Matthew 5, we also see the calling mm. of Jesus' disciples. Yes. That this is actually a community of people that are enemies. Yeah. The tax right? collector. Tax collector, zealots. the zealot. Yes. It's like... Wait, he's bringing actually enemies together mm -hmm. as he's forming and he's modeling for sure enemy love in his community. And then he teaches about this, about this. Uh, Matthew 5, Matthew I was five. thinking about. Um, I can read it yeah, just for real sure. quick. This is Matthew 538. You have heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. Uh, and then he keeps going. Now, I just want to clarify here because I do think sometimes mm. we can read this and think, wait, I'm not supposed to resist. Like, yeah. What does that mean? And we sometimes think of it as do not resist the evil person. Mm. But another way to translate this is do not resist by evil means. Yeah, yeah. So the way we resist should not be evil. And this is echoed throughout, totally. right? Paul talks about this uh, in Romans 12, right? Do not repay evil for evil, mm. overcome evil for good. Yeah. And we see this in Jesus' life. He does resist yes. the Pharisees, right? For sure. He does resist the, Satan yes. when he's tempting oh, yeah, in the him, desert. right? Yeah, like totally. there are definitely moments where Jesus is resisting, yes. uh, but he doesn't resist in an evil way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's key because at the heart of what Jesus is saying later on in Matthew five yeah. is that we are to love our enemies, we're to pray for those who yeah. persecute us, yeah. 
nor have this posture because this is what God is like. Going yeah. again back to the Old Testament, totally. fully displayed in yeah. Jesus, his death on the cross for yeah. us as enemies. And then Jesus even ends that teaching in Matthew 5 there with enemy love with that line that's kind of, I just kind of was thinking of this, be perfect as your heavenly yeah. father is perfect. And we might kind of think that and like pull that out of like, oh, that's like be a good moral person. Yeah. But in context, I think what he's talking about is be whole and complete. Mm. That same word, telos, yeah, yeah. right? Whole and complete in the sense that we are an enemy loving yeah. kind of person. We're not divided. We're not divided, exactly. Yeah. And so just like God is enemy loving towards mm. us, so we are to be, in, or at least as best we can by the yeah. grace of God, the kind of person who loves and prays for even those that we don't like, yeah. are hard to get along with, yeah. and are our enemies. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, and we see this in the life of Jesus, in the life of Paul, yeah. life of Peter. These people that resist. Yes, totally. They yes. do resist. Yes. But in the end, Jesus dies on a cross. Mm-hmm. Right. Paul is beheaded. Yes. Peter is likely crucified. Uh, these people that they don't resist by evil means. Mm-hmm. At some point. Yes. They're not willing to pick up a sword and just start exactly kill their enemy. Totally, for yeah. sure, for sure. And just again, this is the core to I think the way of Jesus is to yeah. be this kind of person. And again, it comes back to I think the great commandment: love God, love neighbor. Yeah. And really, this is the hardest part of this yeah. is learning to love our enemies yeah. in light of that, for yeah. sure. And then, so how do we? Right, we're not talking about nation states right totally, now. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're trying to talk about how does an individual human being, a person of a church, someone attending Wellspring. How do they lean into this? For sure. Yeah. And I think specifically going back to Matthew 5, Jesus, I think, gives us a few hints in that direction, right? And so he talks about praying for our enemies, praying for Mm. those who persecute us. And we might think, like, I don't have any enemies, number one, or like, I can't do that, or or whatever. But I think there's something really, like, profound here. Mm -hmm. I think I've experienced this even in my own life to Mm. a certain degree of even if it's a short prayer. And I mean, like, two seconds <laughs> just even starting that process yeah. of praying for someone who's annoying or you don't like yeah. or really is your enemy well i think that's a fr- helpful like so sometimes we think of enemy and we think oh well you know do i really have an yeah, enemy yeah. okay so think about someone you don't like someone you find annoying yes. someone who's hurt you yeah and start praying for them totally yeah and just see like what happens as far as how god meets you in that yeah. in that space what goes on in your own heart yeah and to notice that that can be a moment in a place where God begins to work, not only in, in and through your prayer yeah. for that person, yeah. but also in your own heart as yeah. you grow. And it's, gonna, it's not going to be perfect. Totally. And it's going to be hard as you become more of a person who does show love and yeah. demonstrate love for your enemies. The only other thing I was thinking about, or one of the other things I was thinking about, was just this idea of just listening. Because mm, yeah. I do think there's this sort of connection between our willingness to love our enemies yeah. and our willingness to listen to them. Yeah. Um, and so like... Are you really listening to those people? For sure. They're, and this, I think, especially is true in our cultural moment. Totally. So divisive. Where we just sort of, we exist in these echo chambers, yeah. especially politically, and we don't really give much actual like brain, heart, mind attention yeah. to what they're saying. For sure. Uh, and I think that's often a way that we refuse to love them. Totally. Yeah. Um, and we don't have to agree. Exactly. But we can listen. Listen well. And I think it even reminds me of something Tim Keller has often said of being able to listen to the point where you're not thinking, oh, how can I be combative and you yeah. know, tear your argument down? Yeah, yeah. But listen in such a way where you could even restate their opinion or what they're thinking. Yeah. And they would go, oh, you genuinely understand. Yeah, that's good. And you have genuinely heard what I've said. And yeah. listening is an act, I think, of love. Yeah. And to be actually listened to and to be heard yeah. really, I think, is a way to embody the love of Jesus. And so, in particular, yeah. this enemy love. And honor the personhood mm-hmm. versus objectify exactly. someone as just 
the other the, the other enemy. that's the argument or whatever yeah. for sure i also was thinking about how uh king had this line like injustice anywhere is mm. a threat to justice everywhere yeah. uh, and i just think sometimes we dismiss the ways in our small little lives sure. where we have opportunities to love our enemy yeah. and we think ah it doesn't really it's matter not a big deal but i think actually like those are our opportunities to embody the kingdom yeah and the love of jesus of just saying either we love our enemy by acknowledging our faults sure or listening or praying for, but there's these small ways mm-hmm. I think we can lean into this um, that can be profound. For sure. Those small acts of faithfulness I think can go yeah. you know, a profoundly good yeah. long way. Can so. you think of anything else? Yeah, and I think for me, just thinking about how the story ends, right? Yeah. Where God redeems and reconciles yeah. all things and that's we good. are in the family of God together to see like that's the end yeah. and to recognize that there will, there will be people in that new creation that mm. right now we probably don't get along with. <laughs> and I think that's going to be true for almost mm. all of us. And to recognize that, again, it's hard, it's difficult, yeah. it's not always easy. I've been there before. Yeah. I'm still kind of in there to yeah. a certain degree. But even those small acts of faithfulness as a way of anticipating that full mm. and complete reconciliation and redemption that we will one day it's experience. Good. I think yeah. seeing that big picture at least gives me hope and comfort. Yeah. And to recognize that even in the language of Paul, that we have been called to be ambassadors of reconciliation. Yeah. We've called to represent Jesus's love in the world. So this is, I think, not just like, you know, a tertiary sort of like yeah. down the list sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. This is like core yeah. to being a follower of Jesus. It's good. It's core to being a disciple of his. So. Thanks, man. Yeah. It's good.